a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. You've been following the news, I am certain, about the various challenges leveled by uh, President Trump's uh, re-election campaign, specifically by Rudy Giuliani, the president's personal attorney. Many of those lawsuits have been uh, shot down. And so now what you see are even more creative efforts to essentially change the results of this election. The assertion uh, repeatedly by President Trump via Twitter, uh, for the most part, is that he believes that he won this election. And not simply that, but that he won this election by a landslide. And you know, depending on your politics, you, know, you may or may not agree with him. I would be interesting to uh, interested in hearing from you. If you don't mind, shoot me a text message to the Utah Community Credit Union text line. It's 57500. If you have any general thoughts on uh, this right now, I'd love to, to hear from you. Uh, but the, the, latest, the latest effort appears to be some uh, direct communication with legislative leaders from the state of Michigan. Uh, now, why? Well, uh, to help us understand what could be going on, I welcome to the program ABC News correspondent Inez de la Catera, uh, who joins us now. Inez, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Tell me, the, there are two leaders, two legislative leaders traveling to D.C. They may be there already, I believe. I think they were met by protesters at the airport as they arrived uh, to meet with President Trump and, to my understanding, uh, Rudy Giuliani as well. Any idea why they're getting together? So that is the big question here. So this is the Michigan uh, House Speaker and the Senate Majority Leader there. They are meeting with President Trump at the White House. Like you mentioned, Rudy Giuliani will be there, which is kind of raising eyebrows because Rudy Giuliani, of course, has been leading this uh, legal efforts to try and contest some of the results in uh, in certain states. Of course, many of those lawsuits have been thrown out, but he's really been the, the brains behind this operation here. Uh, so the, the big question is, is why? And it seems to be that, you know, that the concern here is that the president could be trying to exert political pressure on these Michigan officials to try and overturn the results of the election, to get the, these, these election officials to say that they don't have confidence in the way the election was run, that there were too many instances of, you know, voter fraud, even though there haven't been, there have been no instances of widespread voter fraud, but they could say that they don't have confidence in how the election was run and that therefore they're going to certify the election a different way. So that's the the big concern here. Um, Unclear whether, you know, it's actually going to lead to anything. Again, so far, the president's legal efforts haven't really um, amounted to much, but the, the fact that they're even here, you know, if you take into consideration also the fact that we are in the middle of the pandemic, Michigan is a COVID-19 hotspot. They traveled to the White House from a COVID-19 hotspot is just 
Um, and of course, as the president continues to refuse to concede the election, it's just uh, uh, just all in all concerning. Yeah. Uh, help help me help me remember the things I forgot from from Schoolhouse Rock. What could these what's the role of these two legislators in this whole process, in the certification process? So they certify the uh, election results. So the people go and vote, and then it's up to the legislature. I I think it's on a case-by-case basis, but it is up to, in in Michigan, up to the state legislature to certify the results and say, you know, this is like we certify this. This is what happened. Michigan went for Joe Biden by this many votes, and our electoral college votes will be going to Joe Biden. And so there there have been cases, we saw this play out in Pennsylvania, where there were some who were trying to question whether it really should be up to the legislature or the Supreme Court or another uh, you know, body to certify the votes. Uh, that could be, you know, it might be something just to keep an eye on. Uh, but, but yes, in Michigan, it is the state legislature that certifies um, the, the votes. And delaying certification could lead to what? Is that just more time for lawsuits to play out? Or uh, do we head into, you know, some of the more conspiratorial uh, uh, views or ideas that have to do with uh, flipping the electors? I was just going to say, I, I, I don't I almost don't want to go down that route because I just don't know. And at this point, it, it, it's just theories. Right. So you have yeah. a lot of lawyers out there, people who really know their stuff, who've been talking about the different paths and things that could happen. But we've kind of this is uncharted territory. We've never really gone down this route before. So the, the answer, you know, I don't know what would happen if they delay the votes. There's been talk that uh, maybe then it would be, you know, if, if, if in a hypothetical situation, you know, uh, for now, a lot of states have, are, are certified their votes. Georgia, for instance, is going to be certifying uh, or did certify its votes. Uh, today was the deadline uh, for Georgia to certify its vote. They're going for, for Biden. So it doesn't seem like we'd be going in any direction where there would be any kind of, um, you know, where, where the president would manage to overturn the results of the election. But but there has been kind of talk about what, what could happen hypothetically. Yeah. I think Congress could hypothetically step in. So, yeah, there's all sorts of um, possibilities. But right. at, at this point, again, the legal challenges so far haven't really worked out. And beyond, beyond the knowledge that they are meeting with one another, everything beyond that is speculative. Has the, has the White House said anything? Has uh, Kayleigh McEnany spoken out about, uh, has she given any explanation to this meeting at all? She did. So she actually held her first briefing today, her, her first briefing in 50 days. Uh, she tried to downplay this meeting as nothing more than routine, which, of course, it's not. And we also heard from President Trump today for the first time uh, in a while. He was talking about how he's lowering the, the, the prices of certain drugs. And um, that was what that was about. He didn't take any questions, but he did mention in passing that he won the election and that he will figure it out. So kind of hinting there at, at this effort, you know, his his legal effort, his uh, probably his meeting with these people from these officials from Michigan, um, and the fact that he has refused to, to concede the election. He says, we will figure it out. Inez De La Catera, ABC News correspondent, thank you so much for your insight and your information here. Thank you. All righty. Uh, before we go to break, let me share with you quickly the contents of a tweet that came through uh, yesterday evening from Senator Mitt Romney. It reads, having failed to make even a plausible case of widespread fraud or conspiracy before any court of law, the president has now resorted to overt pressure on state and local officials to subvert the will of the people and overturn the election. It is difficult to imagine a worse, more undemocratic action by a sitting 
American president. Those are the words of the junior senator from the state of Utah, Mitt Romney. Do you agree with those words? Do you disagree? Let me hear from you. 57500. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. We're going to take a break right now. And then when we return, you know how much I love these old newspapers, right? Well, producer Amy did some digging. She found me a great one. It has to do with vaccines. It is absolutely fascinating. I swear the words of nearly 100 years ago apply directly and exactly to the circumstances in which we find ourselves today. I'll share them with you. We'll compare and contrast then and now ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.